All right, so my name is Jordan Bruner. I'm an attorney um, who focuses on cybersecurity, sanctions, and technology within the context of the U.S.-China relationship. Um, and I'm here with Drew. Actually, it's Drake. Nice to meet you, everybody. Drake. This is uh, Drake Long. I am a young leader with the uh, Pacific Forum, and uh, previously I was a South China Sea correspondent for Radio Free Asia. So, Jordan, what are we talking about? So today we're talking about the Biden-Xi uh, bilateral summit um, that was announced recently um, within the context of the uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan's meeting with Yang Jiechi um, and his um, purported uh, agreement with him um, to go ahead and have a bilateral summit. Um, and we're talking about the top three issues that we think may be discussed. Um, Drake and I have written down three of those things, the top three issues that we think should be discussed, and uh, we're going to talk about those now. So my three are military to military communication within the context of the South China Sea and other areas mm -hmm. of potential escalation, um, trade uh, as defined broadly, and human rights in terms of uh, both Hong Kong and the Uyghurs. Oh, interesting. We have some overlap, but actually not that much. So my top three things I picked was one, sanctions on uh, CCP officials put on them by the USA. Mm -hmm. uh, number two was Huawei. I just wrote one word, Huawei, the company itself. And then number one, the number one issue, I believe, was going to be Taiwan mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons. But let's start with yours. So why military to military communication in the South China Sea? Obviously, given my background, I'm pretty interested in that myself. <laughs> So I think that um, the potential for escalation is uh, huge um, mm -hmm. in, within that context. Um, I think also within the, the context of the transition um, from the Trump administration to the Biden administration, um, I know there's been news reports that one of the things that um, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, did was to call up his you know, Chinese counterpart and say, hey, we'll let you know. Um, if anything is going to, you know, sort of jump off in the context of the transition. Um, and so I think that those sorts of communication avenues are really important um, yeah. and are going to be important going forward in terms of how do we get those on track and make sure that we have those going forward. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think actually in the greater context of that period, I think the Chinese had refused to show up to some sort of maritime consultative um, right mechanism that we have with them right. exactly for something like the South China Sea. Exactly. So there definitely was straight up just no hotlines for a little while, which is kind of a scary thing to think about right. given what's going on. Uh, my number three was sanctions on Communist Party officials. The reason I put this down was because I believe this was on the list of demands that Beijing gave Wendy Sherman, mm -hmm. uh, the Deputy Secretary of State, mm -hmm. uh, way back, I think a few months ago or so. Right. But the, there's obvious reasons why China would like those sanctions to be lifted. In a lot of cases, they're on people such as, you know, Secretary Carrie Lam of Hong Kong, which touches on the human rights angle that right. you've mentioned. And mm -hmm. on the other cases, they're focused on simply high-ranking Communist Party officials that have anything to do with governance within China. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Communist Party official, obviously you want the freedom and the ability to use the U.S. financial system. In some cases, these sanctions look capricious. And the U.S. position, I think, hasn't really been articulated by the newest administration on that. Um, but I'm very curious to see 
how they sort of hammer that out or sort it out. I, I feel like it's kind of low hanging fruit for the administration to say like, well, these sanctions aren't doing much anyway, and you're probably dodging them regardless. So why don't we just lift those or something similar to that? Right. Um, and then in, within that context, particularly within the context of sanctions, I think trade is really important, um, especially given that um, U.S. Trade Advisor Catherine Tai just gave her speech on trade and, and pushed towards you know, the idea of recoupling or durable competition, uh, mm -hmm. that this is a longer term issue that we're going to have to address. And I think that the two leaders fleshing that out um, is going to be incredibly important, um, particularly because China is one of our largest trading partners. Um, and there are so many aspects of the trade relationship that really haven't been worked out, um, whether it's through the phase one agreement or the you know, yet to be determined phase two agreement um, on trade. I completely agree. And I think, honestly, I probably changed my list a little bit, get rid of the big word Huawei and just put trade, because that's kind of really what the issue is about, is uh, whether China believes that we're trading with them in good faith and vice versa, and what our expectations are in terms of, you know, what is a state-owned enterprise or what is adherence to a trade deal mm -hmm. and uh, the other side of that. So I probably would scratch out Huawei and put trade. That's definitely going to be a bit of an omnibus topic. Uh, my number one issue is, because we're coming up on time, I do want to say, if they don't talk about Taiwan, I would be very shocked. You know, things are getting very testy. We've had the highest number of PLA aircraft fly into Taiwan's ADIS Air Defense Identification Zone this past week than ever in history. Right. So there's probably quite a bit to talk about there. Right. So, well, it was good talking to you, Drake. Yeah, and it was great talking to you too, Jordan.